Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and brings impact to your life. Enjoy the message. Your attention to 1 John, chapter number 1. And um, kind of jump around here. Beginning in verse number 1. 1 John. Chapter 1, verse number 1 says, That which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. Jumping down to verse number 4, And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. And just want to speak to you for the next little bit from this title, Let There Be Light. Let There Be Light. God bless you this morning. You may be seated. I know that growing up, um, hide-and-seek was uh, a very popular, popular game. And uh, our boys, they they love to play hide-and-seek in the house, yet it's 1,600 square foot. <laughs> and and uh, we know every corner, every every place you could possibly hide, right? So it's it gets pretty entertaining to see all of the places that they... <laughs> choose to pick out as a hiding spot but I was I got to laugh and yesterday um such a beautiful day when once the wind died down yesterday and uh, the boys were outside playing in the yard neighborhood kids came over and uh I was up front and and Bennett came and he's like you, you got to get to the backyard and I was like why he's like Easton's digging a hole and I was like what and I thought he was like right close to we have a a a fence that we share and I was like it's that's not going to be a big deal you know just just let him dig and then you know I stayed busy doing whatever I was doing and um I was in the garage and I could see out the back door of the garage all the way to the other side and I saw that at this point Easton was standing in the hole and it was almost to his knees <laughs> and I was like wow this really escalated like <laughs> And there was no end in sight, right? I mean, he was digging for gold. Like that, we were. He was just going as far as he possibly could. And so I went back there. I was like, "What are you doing? Like, what?" And he didn't like dig strategically. Like he was scattering the dirt all around him. There wasn't one pile of dirt. And uh, I was like, "Bud, you have to fill this back in. This is way too deep." I said, "Somebody could 
jump over the fence and, and you know, cutting through our yard and, and fall into the hole, break their ankle or something. We're getting sued. I don't really know how the law reads, but um, he was like, this is going to be an amazing hiding place, though. And I'm thinking, you don't like to hide by yourself. Like, who are you kidding? You are not going to run out and hide in a hole the furthest part of our yard. Oh, man. But uh, so I made him fill it back in and it was comical because again he didn't have the pile of dirt to just easily move back in he almost had to get a rake to get all of the dirt to come back to make it exactly what it was before but I was thinking about that this morning as I was uh, thinking about you know we all have hiding places you know whenever whenever things kind of aren't going our way right we have those places that we run to whenever we're fearful um, and, and bothered by something. But it's amazing to me how God, he uses those hiding places to become places where we can fellowship with him, to become places where we have relationship with him. And I, I, I'm, I'm thankful that, that, that I may not understand everything that's going on around me, and I may at times get fearful and, and try to escape, right? Try to get away. But even in those times, God is wanting to come near. Amen. And when you have that hiding place, you are, you are not alone, but you are, I believe you are with God. And so I pray that we would all recognize this morning the power of the passage that's found in Exodus 33. God comes to Moses and he tells him, he says, I'm going to leave you. Um, I'm going to withdraw my presence, but I'm still going to give you the promised land. And, and you're still going to have one another, but the deal is I'm, I'm leaving. And Moses, he's not a real big fan of this deal, and I can't blame him for that, right? And so Moses responds, and he says, God, we can have each other, and we can have the promised land, but if your presence isn't with us, it's not worth it. He says, don't, don't leave us, show us your glory. And in that moment, God says, go to the cleft of the rock. Where was he going? Go to the hiding place, Moses. I'm going to meet you there. Why? Because God is about to give him a glimpse of his character in a way that Moses would never forget. God was going to show Moses a glimpse of himself so that he'll be able to recognize his presence. Moses then will then have no doubt this is the presence of the Lord. Let me tell you that God will show you his glory. He will show his glory to those who are hungry and thirsty for it. To those that have such a deep desire to know God, I'm telling you God will show up in your circumstance. Because you can have the promised land. You, we can have each other. We can have an easy life. We can, we can have a happy circumstance. But if we don't have the presence of God, church, we don't have anything. I hope we can all agree this morning on the responsibility that we have to be intentional about our relationship with God. To be intentional. Do we need fellowship? Absolutely. Yes, we do. Should we be intentional about community? Yes. I think our small groups are proving that, that, that we want to be intentional with community. But we also 
need to make a point in being purposeful in seeking and loving God and our relationship with him. And the great blessing, here's the great blessing, is that God wants to meet us there more than we want to meet him there. Think about that for a moment. God wants to meet you there way more than you want to meet him there. And this was shown over and over again in the Bible. People who ran, not seeking God, but God showed up. My message is clear this morning that God wants to come near. He's trying to come near. He's desiring to come near. And here's what I want to talk about this morning. In, in knowing that we all run to hiding places and knowing that God is wanting to use those as opportunities for him to come near, I want, I want us to be able to recognize his presence and, and open up the door when he is standing there and knocking, all right? I think it's important for us that, you know, when we get to that spot, that place where we're fearful and we're running and we're hiding from some things, if we have a desire to grow in our relationship with God, which I hope we all do, when we get to the hiding place, we need to remind ourselves of something. And I, you know what I think it is? I think it's the gospel. I think it's to remind ourselves to, of the gospel. To get alone and remind ourselves of the gospel message. Why? Because it is in the gospel where we find our truest joy. Our truest joy. Now, I know some of you have a good idea of what the gospel is, but let me go ahead and define it for anyone who doesn't. The gospel is defined as the message concerning Christ, the kingdom of God, and salvation. The gospel literally means the good news or way of salvation. You know, in the gospel message, we learn that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And that all of us, all of us have decided to run and hide from God's presence. And it, it, and it doesn't look the same for any of us, but we've all done it. But regardless of the reason, because we all have different re reasons, regardless of the sin that causes you to hide, the gospel message, God has come seeking you. God has come searching for you. Despite the fact that he is an almighty, that he is a holy God, the, the creator of all things who has a right to condemn us for our sins, he instead decided to seek after us when we were hostile towards him and separated from him. Somebody, he came seeking for you. He came seeking for us. The Bible says God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners, he became flesh and dwelt among us. While we were yet sinners, he came seeking his lost sheep. While we were yet sinners, he came and he made a way and he came and he made it possible. He came near. Do you recognize his presence today when his presence shows up and knocks at your door? Sometimes I, I'm fearful that people are, are not recognizing his presence like they should or like we should. When the presence of the Lord is trying to not draw near, there are some who simply can't connect. There are some who can't see him, and that's what I'm talking about this morning because I don't want you... I don't want us to miss the presence of God. 
If we miss the presence of God, we've missed the point of it all. We cannot miss the presence of the Lord. It would seem that, you know, we have little need to talk about God and who he is. You know, most people have heard about God um, or have some understanding of him. We were to go around the room and ask you about God. I'm sure there would be something that each one of us would be able to say. We have our ideas. In fact, there are, uh, if you do a little search, there are remote Indian tribes that are shut off from civilization that they even themselves have a term for God. Because I believe that there is an innate sense within us of a higher power, a supreme being, a, or a governing deity. Even scientists who do not believe in God have to admit that there is a higher power out there somewhere. And here's what I'm getting at. There are a lot of people that know about God, but they don't know God. They have their own ideas, their thoughts, their, something that they've heard, but they've never gotten to know him for themselves. Most people have heard about God or have some understanding of him, but unfortunately a lot of people have a wrong idea about who he is. And so I hope to answer the question this morning, who is God? I believe this morning that we could answer it and I believe if we answer it, it will help us in recognizing him because that's my hope and my prayer this morning, that we learn to be sensitive to the spirit of the Lord and the presence of the Lord. And what God is trying to do, he's trying to draw near in our, in our hiding places. We read this morning in 1 John 1 through 5, John writes that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon hands have handled the word of life. That's which we have seen and heard we declare unto you. He goes on and he says, this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. John wanted us to know that God is is light, that there is no darkness in him at all. Light is a common metaphor throughout the word of God. Proverbs, in Proverbs, it symbolizes righteousness as the morning sun. You go into the book of Philippians, it likens God's children who are blameless and pure. It likens them to shining stars that are in the sky. Jesus one time used this light as a, as a picture of good works in Matthew 5. He said, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds. Psalm says of God, you are radiant with light. And John opens up his gospel with these words, in him was life and the life was the light of men. The light shines in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. If any man follow me, he shall not walk in darkness, but shall have what? The light of life. God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. I want you to note that, that we are not told that God is a light, but that he is light. Light is a part of his presence, as is love. And so the message is that God 
is completely, unreservedly, absolutely holy with no admixture of sin, no trace of iniquity, no hint of injustice. He is perfect in every way. The truest example and definition of who God is, is light. Every aspect of him is light. The Bible says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. His gospel is the light for the darkness in our lives. As children, we learn to sing the song, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it. What were we doing? We were referencing his spirit and his love that has now taken up residence in our lives. Because God is light, he is the light that is in the darkness. So you say, Bryce, God is light, but what exactly does that mean? What is the what is the message? And I think that obviously the Apostle John expects us to think about this a little bit, and um, and 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 wonder, and and because he says this, he says this is the sum, this is the meaning, this is the message of all that Jesus came to do, and all that Jesus came to be. It is imperative that you and I understand. For this is the meaning of life, meaning of the life of Jesus, whether it is, li- it is his life lived in history or the life that he will live in us right now, it will come, all of it will come out to this manner. And it is this, God is light and in him there is no darkness at all, none. That means that what light is on the physical plane, God is on every level of human experience. If you and I want to understand the character of God, then we must observe what light is and what light does, what light accomplishes. All of that things, those things that light accomplishes, God can accomplish. Amen. Well, then what does light do, Bryce? Well, you know, in this enlightened uh, time period, no pun intended, um, the enlightened time period that you and I live in, we, we, we feel that we have learned a great deal about light, much more than men knew, you know, 50 years ago or 100 years ago. We, we've analyzed it. We've broken it down. We have, we've taken fractional parts of it and, and use them for various purposes. We have timed it. We have measured its speed, and we know that it's the fastest thing known in the universe. We have managed to produce x-rays and laser beams, and, and, and which do amazing and phenomenal things. But after all of this, you know what new things that we have learned about light? Nothing. Nothing. We have not learned anything really important about it. The great functions of light are universally known and have been known ever since the beginning of history. In the earliest dawn of humanity, men experienced what light could do as equally and fully as modern men do today. We have not learned one thing of real importance. It just makes me think of a scripture, 
Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. How many know that his light today was the same light back then? And if he was good back then, he's still just as good today because he never changes. He's the same God. So what is light? What does light do? Light has three amazing attributes. Three amazing attributes. I got to get rid of this chair. It's too loud today. Light has three amazing attributes. Number one, light attracts. Everybody say attracts. Light attracts. What is it? I mean, I know we're, we're a couple hundred days away from Christmas. You're like, why are you even mentioning that? I hate you. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, you know, I think about putting up Christmas lights. What do Christmas lights do? They draw people's attention right? You're going out searching to look at Christmas lights. You're not going down the dark road that has maybe one light down at the end. You are searching for the city that is set on a hill, the one that is lighting up the night sky. That's what you're looking for. Light attracts, amen. What is it about bug lights? There's something that is so inviting, right? That even I myself even like to look at a bug light and li- and hear the sound. There's something nostalgic about the, that a tiny bug just being obliterated. I don't know what it is, but what is it about it? It's, it's inviting. It's, it's the light. I love seeing the lights of a city that across a field that are lighting up the night sky. There's something special about it. It is no coincidence. That, that whenever stores have a sale going on, what do they do? They will rent spotlights or they will have neon lights in the window trying to get your attention. We humans are naturally drawn to light. We, we, we naturally avoid dark places. What is it about sitting around a campfire on a chilly fall evening? Just looking down into the fire. It is the light that we are drawn to. Light attracts. It has this drawing effect unlike anything else. And with God, it's the same thing. There is this drawing effect that God has. God has a way of grabbing our attention when we least expect it. Maybe it's all at once, or maybe it's little by little, but God, hear me this morning, is always trying to draw us closer to him. He's trying to attract us to him. How many know today the reason why we love God? We don't love God because we first loved him, but we love him because he first loved us. It was God who made the initiation. It was God who took the first step. It was God who reached out and loved you and I first. The question is whether or not we will allow ourselves to get closer to it, to respond to his light that is attracting us. God is a perfect gentleman. He will not force himself nor impose himself or his will on anyone, but that doesn't excuse us from putting in effort into drawing close to him. He is attracting, but it is up to us to respond to it. If God is knocking at your door, how long are we allowing him to stand out there? Light attracts. The second thing that light does is light dispels darkness. Light dispels darkness. Perhaps the greatest attribute of light is its ability to remove darkness. 
You see, we live in a world that is shrouded by darkness. We live in a country and in a nation that, that is full of sin and anguish. But you and I have the light. All there, there is no such thing as darkness when you have the light. Darkness is merely the absence of light. Darkness cannot be created except by removing light. And when the tiniest sliver of light shows up in the darkness, that darkness has to scatter. I am not oblivious to the fact that many of you deal with real issues. I am not oblivious to the fact that you struggle with very real circumstances. I know that many of you walk into your places of employment where darkness does indeed prevail. I know that some of you wake up in your homes and darkness prevails. I know that some of you wake up and most mornings there is darkness that hangs over your head. But hear me this morning, with the Spirit of God inside of you, He he not only rids your life of darkness, but he helps bring light to everywhere it goes. When you walk into your job or in your home or in your school, God's light is there to dispel the darkness that is trying to overpower your day. There is no darkness that is greater than the light. None. There is no darkness that can overpower light. And the tiniest sliver of him in your life will destroy any darkness that you're surrounded by. With him, the situation that you're facing just simply cannot stand. There is no circumstance that God cannot deliver you from. Hear me, somebody. There is no failure that he cannot restore you from. There is no depression that he cannot rid you from and free you from. His light dispels all darkness. And then lastly, light reveals. Probably the most characteristic thing about light, and I'll ask for music to come, The thing that we are enjoying at this very moment and probably the first discoverable fact about light is that light reveals. Light reveals. I can see you this morning because light is in this room. You can see me for the very same reason. Light reveals. But if there were no light, I could hear you, but I could not see you. Darkness conceals, but light reveals. Growing up in southern Illinois, uh, one thing that we are accustomed to is, is storms. Powerful storms, strong storms. This Friday, this Friday reminded us of that we kick off the tornado season and severe weather season pray for little rock arkansas i don't know if you've seen any of that but just a disaster devastating what took place there on friday but i can remember many nights not being able to sleep because of bad weather 
those storms were rolling in Friday, and our boys are like, are we going to Nana and Papa's house? <laughs> they got a basement and snacks. Corn dogs in the freezer, fan favorite. <laughs> but I can remember not being able to sleep at night because of bad weather, hearing the, the wind howling and the tree limbs just beat against the house. I got to get a new, I got to get a new downspout on my house because of the weather Friday. <laughs> and, and, and then, you know, growing up as a kid, I can remember the storm finally passing and 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 going over and and we would run outside the next day and look outside of our house we we had no idea we had no idea what kind of damage we had until what until the sun came up you could look out the window right after the storm passed at night not really see much and think everything's okay but it was only until the sun came up that light exposed what we couldn't see before. There are many people that have avoided the light of God because we are scared of what it may reveal about ourselves. We fear what may happen if we completely open up ourselves to Him. You know, when the, when the preacher gives the altar call and you're in the altar and he's saying, give him your all, give him all your heart, open yourself up to him. There are some who kind of like, I don't know if I'm ready to do that. I don't know if I'm ready for him to see everything and all of my issues and all of my problems. I don't know if I could really do that. There are some that have been hesitant to allow God to expose areas of weakness in us. Because we like to pretend that we can do it all without God. That we're strong enough. That we're wise enough. We can do it. We can make it all by ourselves. But can I, can I just free you from something this morning? You simply can't do it without God. And here's the beauty of it to me. A lot of things that we try to hide from God, God already knows. He already knows. And it's amazing to me that God already knows. God knows your doubts. God knows your fears. God knows your insecurities. He knows your struggles. He knows the areas in which you have those unresolved issues. He knows your failures. He knows your shortcomings your tendencies. He knows all of those things. And guess what? He loves you anyways. He cares for you still. He still, in spite of all those things, desires to walk with you. To be in relationship with you. While we were yet sinners, while we were putting the nails in his hands, he chose to stay there. 
Allow the light of God to expose those areas where you can do better. Allow it. Lean in. Allow him to show you those areas that need attention, that need focus. Maybe it's fear. Maybe, maybe it's a doubt. Maybe it's inconsistency. Maybe it's pride. But whatever it is, simply allow God to place you on his operating table and let him begin to remove those areas of your life that where you have struggles, God is light and light reveals. But can you see him? Can you sense his presence? Can you can you sense the tug on your heart as God is trying to come near? Would you stand with me this morning? For 51 years, a man by the name of Bob Edens was blind. His world was black and just a hall of sounds and smells. He felt his way through five decades of darkness, and then one day he could, he could see. There was a skilled surgeon who performed a very complicated operation, and, and for the first time, Bob Edens had sight. <laughs> and he, he simply just found it overwhelming. He would walk around and he would say things like, I never dreamed that, that, that yellow could be so yellow. He said, I don't have the words. I, I am amazed. He goes on to say that I can see the shape of the moon and, and I like nothing better than seeing a jet plane go across this clear blue sky, leaving a vapor trail behind it. And of course, the sunrise and the sunsets are just simply magnificent. He takes in the stars at night in flashing lights and he says, you could never know how wonderful everything is. And he's right. Those of us who have lived a, a lifetime with vision can't know how wonderful it must be to be given sight. But this man isn't the only one who has spent a lifetime near something without seeing it. How amazing it is that we can live next to something our whole life. But unless we take time to focus on it, it doesn't become a part of our life. Have you seen him for yourself? Have you caught a glimpse of his glory? Maybe it was in the middle of a sermon or in a prayer, but have you seen him? Have you seen him? Have you seen his light? Have you allowed his light? Those who first did, I'm here to tell you, they were never the same again. It was Thomas who cried out, my Lord. And my God, Mary Magdalene shouted, I have seen the Lord. 
John declared, we have seen his glory. Those two disciples, they rejoiced, saying, did not our hearts burn? Did not our hearts burn within us while he yet spake, while we were on the road, while he opened up the scriptures to us? But I think Peter said it best. He said we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. His majesty. All of the splendor of heaven revealed in human body. For a period of time, the doors to the throne room were open and God came near. His majesty was seen. Heaven touched earth. And as a result, earth can now know heaven. I don't know where you find yourself at today. But if you're in a hiding place, which there are many. I simply ask you to open up your eyes because you'll see the Lord coming near. You'll see the light begin to dispel the darkness that you're surrounded by. Would you just bow your head and close your eyes with me? Maybe it's been a while since you've seen him. If, you, if your prayer life seems maybe stale, it's probably been a while. If your faith seems to be trembling, perhaps your vision of him has been blurred. If you can't find power to face your problems, then maybe it's time that you turn and you face him. And whether you need God to be the light that attracts or the light that dispels darkness or the light that reveals one thing is true, that we can go no further into receiving or perpetuating the gospel until we understand that it all starts with God. In the beginning of it all, his first words, let there be light it all starts with light let there be light let there be God let his presence consume us let God be all that God needs to be in your life let God be that light for you today as they begin to sing and play I simply ask you just to lift up your voice right now Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those that give generously to this ministry. If you would like more information, please visit our website at landmarkapostolicchurch.net. But have a great day and God bless.